Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. So you already got, and you know why the reason I like to interview you is because I get everyone else's names wrong. And, and J.P. Nichols is too, even though I spell your name wrong. Right. Everybody all does. the time, because I want to add an H. Everybody does. So you're literally everywhere. And I mean that. You are literally everywhere. Because you're based out of Seattle. Yes. But you're... My second home is Delta Airlines seat 1B, <laughs> if, if, if available. <laughs> so how many, let, let, just run through the litany. How many different things and, and companies are you engaged with and part of? Well, it's maybe not quite as many as it seems like. There, there are really two main things I do. One, of course, is Next Money, um, which is public organization. I founded the Bank Innovators Council three years ago. Rob Finley and, and Anthony Sexton had founded Next Bank a couple of years before that. We worked together. I helped them launch Next Bank in the U.S., and we decided to come together this year and rebrand the whole thing as Next Money. So everything we do there is public and open source, and it's all about building a community that is dedicated to reinventing finance through design, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And as you know, we just did an event on Wednesday here. You were there. Uh, Brett King uh, keynoted, Dave Birch keynoted, and we had some great panels and a lot of other things. So that's all kind of an open source. And then I've always done private work for individual clients, and I've actually just spun that into a new business. We haven't really um, launched it yet, so I, maybe this is the launch. Um, we have a company called the FinTech Forge. So I think you interviewed Dave Cuchera the other day. Yep. Dave was the former head of business innovation at BBVA Compass, uh, along with Jason Hendricks. So Jason's done a bunch of different things. He's sharp. He's Jason's, not the, sorry, Dave, Dave Sharp. Jason's really sharp. Yeah, they're, they're the smart ones uh, of, of the bunch. I, I'm just the public face, I think. Beauty. Yeah, well, I don't know about that either. That, that might be Jason, too. But um, Jason was at Monitor Group. He was at Capital One. He was head of innovation at uh, First Marblehead. Uh, he's been a venture capitalist. He's, he's done everything around every angle. And what we came together um, to solve was really we looked at those banks that don't have a chief innovation officer and credit unions. Um, they have what we call and eyes. That's somebody that you've tacked and innovation to the back of their job title. And they don't have training, they don't have resources, they don't have budget, and we help them. We're an outsourced um, innovation department, They're kind of managed service provider for them. Um, and it, we poked our head up in June, for, kind of quietly talked to a couple of dozen banks. We already have our first clients and we've got more on the way. So clearly there's a need. And, you've, and you know, if you Google J.P. Nichols, without the H, you're going to find videos of you speaking, I think, on every continent at one point or another. It feels like it. Not quite. I think it's about a dozen countries at, at this point. And by the way, I was smart enough because everyone does put H in the name. Uh, I bought the domain name. <laughs> Spelled the wrong, too. So if you, genius. Yeah, if you Google JP and I see H-O-L-S, um, it should lead to me also. Uh, so You're very I've, innovative. Yes, I figured that one out. Yeah, I, I've, I've spoken uh, all over the, the world and all over the country, uh, and I love that. I love being in front of groups, and um, usually it's somebody wants me to come talk about 
um, innovating in a you know highly regulated and highly conservative environment. And you know, I'm working on a book uh, tentatively. The working title I'm thinking about: Traditionalists and Trailblazers, because that's what I talk about. The banking industry and, and the banks are full of traditionalists. They like to quantify the known knowns and and manifest best practices. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. But in order to move forward, you also need to embrace the trailblazers, and they want to explore the unknowns and establish next practices. So the magic comes when you put the two together. When you're one of my favorite analogies you give, because I like stories, you know that. It's the whole reason for this podcast. But you talk about Bethlehem Steel. You talk about the steel industry. Right. And how it was disrupted almost willingly. Right. By, by all those smaller producers. The mini mills. Yeah, and you know, that's Clayton Christensen's story. He wrote about that in The Innovator's Dilemma in 1997. And I, I still have that in almost all of my talks. And the reason I do is because I usually ask for a show of hands how many people have read this book. I've never had more than three hands show up. Amazing. I usually speak, I, sometimes I speak to fintech audiences, and I know that because I'll see more hands go up. But if it's a, a bank or credit union audience, just a couple of hands, and they don't really even understand um, you know how it's changed and I talk about that's right um, the first innovators you know they could only do rebar and then the punchline is when we think about fintech we're still in the rebar stage yeah it's a great in the show notes I'm gonna put a link to that talk uh, it's on your website but I love I've, I've watched that like two or three times thanks because I you know I get my own little mini heroes uh, that are speakers right Brett King's real good Dave Birch is hilarious he was great uh, yesterday at, at next money here in New York you're really good. There's there's a core group that can weave stories in and give analogies that we can all understand. And and it's about telling the stories the right way. All right, only got a minute left, so this is a rapid fire. Off the top of your head, there's no wrong answer. Okay. Um, so here we go. You ready? Ready. Your daughter's name is? Sam. You are the greatest person at naming kids in the history of parents. <laughs> Why'd you name her Sam? Uh, well, interestingly enough, uh, I, I could not care less whether it was a boy or a girl. It wasn't about wanting a boy, but I've always liked girls' names that have a boyish tone to it, like Danny for Danielle or yeah. something like that. And my wife and I did not agree on any names at all other than Samantha. And um, she self-chose uh, Sam. Well, uh, we, we started, but she she's definitely Sam. She's not Samantha or Sammy. She's Sam. So I have a daughter named Danielle. Right. I have a daughter named Alex. Right. Alexander. So, yeah, we're in the same, same camp there. Your favorite, favorite soccer team is? The Seattle Sounders. You're always there. And somehow you got your daughter into it, which I'm so impressed. Well, I grew up in inner city Akron, Ohio, with um, immigrant kids from Central Europe. And many of them went on to play in the pros. uh, I went to the University of Akron, which is not known for much other than their soccer team. There are (laughs) probably 16 pros from the University of Akron playing right now. I didn't know that. Yes, all all over the place. And uh, we can name them if you have more time. But uh, I hoped that Sam would be interested in soccer. She wasn't for 20 years until she went off to college. She went to the University of Portland, which also has a strong soccer um, tradition, particularly with the women. Casey Keller, the men's goalkeeper, played there. But Megan Rapinoe and um, Christine Sinclair, probably the two best women soccer players alive today, both went there. They won the national championship in 2006. And so she became a soccer fan at college, thanks to her roommates. And um, so we bought our season tickets, and I'm lucky enough to be her guest um, most games. Yeah, there's nothing better than watching a, a dad and his daughter at a game like that. As a father of three, I love that. Did Last question. 
did the red wine stain come out of your dining room where I spilled wine everywhere? Oh, it was so fun to have you. There were a bunch of people in town for the <laughs> Bank Innovation Conference, and uh, we had uh, came to our home, and you were just wiped out. It was, uh, yeah, time zones. Not and- drunk. From my wife will understand that. No, I'll I'll vouch for that. Yeah. No, it was it was tired, and it was uh, thankfully that's a dark patterned rug. It was no problem <laughs> at all. But it was uh, so fun to have you uh, at our home. That's how you make an entrance, folks. Just spill the wine, and then they'll let you get in an Uber and go home. JP, where can we learn more about you and what you do? JPNichols.com, preferably without the H. But, but if you use the H, it's going to work. It will. I own the domain. You're a genius. 